Last week, I was I was a listening, and uh, and Matt Mara was on, of course, from Opportunity Ohio, and I almost felt that, like there was a seance going on, and perhaps I had passed away because Matt was channeling me. I'm not joking, man. Everything that was coming out of his mouth was just just. I'm like, yes, exactly, yes. Why? Thank you for saying. Yeah, I was agreeing. I'm very rarely like that, but Matt, I want to tell you before we get into your official duties today. How much you just fired me up listening to you last week because it, it, I felt vindicated hearing my thoughts coming from your face. Well, you know, Chuck, from your lips to my ears and then back to the, you know, huge audience of 610, my friend. You were talking uh, specifically about, you know, the city of Columbus and this, uh, uh, this, this artificial, uh, uh, the, compensation, if you will, that they seem to give people every time the flag is raised about representation at city hall and, and, uh, I, I've been saying it for years. They just they they pacify, but they never actually move anything forward when it comes to greater and more effective representation in this city. And you were all over it, and I was just I was proud of you and happy to hear you saying it. So again, well, thanks, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, and moving on to today, I, <laughs> these are distressing numbers. Oh, Matt sent over a couple of polls, and I, I'm looking through it. First of all, is there any such thing right now? Is there any such thing? as a poll that is reflecting a positive for the current White House administration. No. I didn't that, think so. There, there just isn't. Um, and, and, you know, each each week it seems to get worse uh, in terms of polling data for, for the Biden administration and Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, and what they're trying to do. So it's, it's fascinating how just how ugly it's getting. And you have to be concerned that, you, you know, at some point you hit a, bottom that you just can't get off of right 44 to 31 percent is uh that's a significant gap and that is the margin by which uh uh, these these people polled here one of the ones you sent me uh which which of the following politicians most represent your political views And, and and donald trump coming up on the 44 mark and joe biden coming up at 31 is does that mean anything do they care are they so mission focused that they don't care that it's it's becoming kind of obvious when even mainstream media is uh, is starting to question uh, your motives, your tactics, your agenda. When you're getting questioned and the polling numbers are showing, does it matter? Or do you think it's just this is what we're going to do regardless of what anyone thinks? Are they just that focused? They seem to be that focused on on satiating the, the progressive left base of the party. Um, and I think that's why you see these numbers, 44, 31, Trump, Biden, in terms of who speaks uh, and represents your political views. And this is this is the thing that has always befuddled the left when it comes to Trump, is they just don't understand how a billionaire New York crude real estate guy can somehow connect with, you know, blue collar, average Joe and Jane American. And it's it's all goes down to this whole component of he he no matter what you think of him personally and his his personality or his his own personal life the guy has always seemed to be pushing an agenda that is really focused on the middle class middle america and and i think that's what you're seeing here and, and the opposite is you know biden in the administration has spent so much time this year pushing this kind of progressive wish list of things that a lot of people just don't want and are concerned about the price tag of 
Um, so it's just it's 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 been fascinating to watch this dynamic play out over the last year. Matt Mayer is president of Opportunity Ohio, joining me right now on the Legacy Retirement uh, Group dot com phone lines. We're talking about uh, you know all things politics and uh, taking us from that forty four thirty one margin over to. I guess more of a, a current day issue, and I think this is where they separate uh, the Trump administration. The Trump message was generally, "You know better, you know best, you know what to do, go do it." Whereas this administration is more, "We know best, do what we say," and uh, and that you know is largely around the virus, the mask mandates, the vaccination attempts. Uh, we've got uh, well, we've got the mandate issue. We've got the Supreme Court. Apparently, gonna uh, is this a special session coming up on this? Is that what I heard? Yeah, so they yesterday they announced that they're gonna they accepted a review from the Sixth Circuit last week. The Sixth Circuit here in in Cincinnati uh, overturned the Fifth Circuit's denial of the OSHA mandate from Biden, and the Sixth Circuit said, "Nope, it's good to go." To on a two to one vote, it was immediately appealed up to the Supreme Court, and they accepted it. Which which you know you 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 know you never know, but when you read the tea leaves a bit, you kind of think, well. If they were, if a majority of the court was okay with what the Sixth Circuit had done, they would have left it alone, right? But since they accepted it, you get the sense that they're, you're going to get a five, four, six, three majority that says, uh, "Yeah, OSHA, you don't have the authority to do this. Uh, this is going to happen. Congress needs to to pass a law that gives the executive branch the power to do such a thing." And the OSHA mandate. I mean, that, what we're saying is, what is companies with a hundred or more employees? Uh, are, are essentially mandate, yeah. yeah forced to do what we tell them to do. Now, Fifth Circuit said, uh, no, no, you can't do that. Sixth Circuit said, yes, yes, you can. So this is why the Supreme Court's going to hear it. It is, it's amazing that, to me that they're calling this special session. Um, but I, I'm, I'm inclined to read the same leaves you're reading. If they were good with the Biden uh, directives moving forward, they wouldn't call, they just let it roll. I, I think we may have... Uh, we may have a majority opinion here. It says no. This is you can't force businesses to do this. Yeah. Now, so what's what's interesting about this, Chuck, is you know there's this whole doctrine of non-delegation and delegation that has occurred over the last 50 years, where you know Congress has delegated more and more power to the executive branch to essentially pass regulations and uh, in, in filling the gaps that Congress doesn't talk about. Right? That they just do kind of a broad outline and they, they grant powers to the administrative state, the executive branch, to then kind of backfill with tons of regulations. And lots of us believe that that's, that shouldn't be happening, that the Constitution is fairly clear that, you know, Congress makes laws, the executive branch enforces the laws. And so this delegation power has just really exploded, which is why you now kind of have what many believe is kind of the Hobbesian Leviathan, that, you know, the federal government is so big and powerful now because it invades every part of your life because so much of it is regulated by these agencies in Washington uh, that just kind of do what they want to do because Congress has kind of essentially dereliction of duty said, well, we're not going to get into the weeds on this, so we're just going to say you do it. And and it'll be curious to see if the court kind of starts chipping way back at that. This you know, new conservative court says, hey, wait a minute, we're not so sure the Constitution gives the executive branch the power to make laws and enforce laws, right? That's the whole separation of powers that is the cornerstone of of our of our constitutional republican form of government, right? And getting back to that would be a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think it would be. It's, it's accountability, right? If if we elect these folks to go to Congress, we pay them a whole lot of money, and then they essentially shirk their duties by passing the buck off to a bunch of 
you know, bureaucrats in Washington who aren't elected, have no accountability, have, you know, lifetime tenure in their federal jobs. And as you know, right, when you look at the voting pattern of the national capital region, which is D.C. and those suburbs of Virginia and Maryland that are right, in, right, right next to D.C., it's as blue as blue can be, which means you've got a ton of progressive left folks who are doing this regulatory work that don't reflect the rest of America. And so I have great problems with, with that. And I, so I think I'd love for us to get back to this constitutional system that we actually are supposed to be under, where Congress makes laws, all of them, and the executive branch enforces the laws and does not make the laws, which is what's been happening. That, yeah, that we've just we've twisted things around. You know, I, when I was uh, coming up, I was told that anything dealing with money originated in the House, and now it seems to originate any way they care to originate it. Uh, the, the concept of Article One, Section Eight, states' rights was uh, was prominent in my educational upbringing. Now is overridden on an almost minute by minute basis by decrees out of D.C. Um, just going back to how it was supposed to be and and was for most of my life, I think would just be a wonderful thing for all of us. Yeah, and, and just think about you know what you know the secondary and tertiary impacts of of having the executive branch also be a maker of laws, right? That's what's then created this massive boom in lawyers and lobbyists uh, of, of all these companies that have their hands out sitting there in Washington. I mean, you. You can't drive from Dulles, which is a solid, you know, 40-minute drive outside of, of D.C., but you drive from Dulles Airport to D.C., and it's just this name after name of contractors and, you know, uh, consultants and law firms and lobbyists that just drive that whole drive into, into D.C. who are making tens of billions of dollars off of the American taxpayer because they're getting their hands into that regulatory state that now exists in the executive branch. So, it, you know, it's it's part of the problem of trying to kind of drain the swamp, so to speak, but it's a big problem because the courts have, you know, again, in this expansion court system that existed under you know, the Warren Court and post-Roosevelt progressive boom, right, they essentially changed the Constitution through their own views fairly significantly. And so to, if we could try to pull that back just a bit, man, it would, it would create a more accountable government for, for all of America. 